into to the online broadcast network. After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, <laughs> Everyone's buzzing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Americans After Show, Season 3, Episode 13, March 8, 1983. I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. That's M S A D R I A N S N O W. And here's the rest of the panel. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Matt Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter1 and uh, my website, Matt Ritter Comedy. And Josh Richmond makes a really good white Russian. This is my signature drink, guys. I've, been, I've done a couple of Big Lebowski screening parties. Uh, I, uh, my name is uh, Josh Richmond. Tell us you about can, yourself. <laughs> yes, you can go at Radio TFB on Twitter or go to joshrichmond.net. Ben. <laughs> I am uh, Ben Bateman. I chose I liked it scotch instead of white Russians. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. <laughs> And also Periscope. You know what? Of Before course. the show's over tonight, we're going to live. We're going to live mm. Periscope oh, for God. sure. No. I feel like it has to happen. We've talked about it every episode. I swear it off. We built it up. We've Look, built it up for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Look, I respect Scotch, but this is the perfect drink for the Americans finale because it looks like it's milk, but it's secretly Russian. I had, just like the characters during the of the screening, show. I had a sip of white Russian <laughs> to be part of the game. Well, that. as a Texan, I'm drinking both Scotch and Rush, the white <laughs> Russian. So, you know, just <laughs> hunker down with the alcohol. As always... Um, uh, well, I guess I should say we will be drinking throughout this uh, <laughs> podcast. We'll still so do we'll a get, decent like, a little, job. We'll, we'll still do a, do a good job. job, but we might be a little To celebrate the big finale of this uh, very sad and depressing show. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just because it was um, Wednesday. But, okay. Yeah, you know. Oh, that too. Hump day. As always, please, please, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us. iTunes. SoundCloud. Your mother's house. I don't know. Anything and everything. Just Don't follow me to my mom's house. Yeah, don't please. follow. Don't my mom lives with that was, my grandma. That, was actually <laughs> so that would be a weird situation. Um, anywhere and everywhere, we always love to hear from you guys. We do look at the feedback. We do read the, the post, the Twitter, everything. So we really appreciate your, your feedback. Yeah, it's been a great, actually a great season. I feel like that's been the, the most fun for me, at least, you know feeling like there's a lot of people listening to us yeah. yeah it's funny like even you if you can you can enter watching a show as a fan even even like a big fan but by the end of doing one season on afterbus tv you're like it's really sad every time no matter what you think about you have an extra hour of this show of talking about it every time after the show you know what i mean it's an extra 13 hours of americans that we have on any fan no yeah. it's true <laughs> look i will admit like before being on this after show i uh within the first 48 hours before the my first episode i just been binge watch seasons one and two. I was not like a huge fan before starting this show. I'm a huge fan now. Yeah. I'm, and I'm extra invested in it because I have been doing this after show this whole time. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that, that was a pretty um, a great example of pacing to pacing and intensity versus action. Right? Are we going into first thoughts? Is that what you're talking about this episode? Yes. Okay, first thoughts. I miss you guys. Already. <laughs> already, I know. Oh. oh, you mean about like about we, the Americans? Yeah, so. we get all sentimental. <laughs> yeah, Let's talk yeah, about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, so many thoughts. Somebody else go. I got. I, so well, many. That's what I was gonna say. It's a great yeah, example yeah. of pacing and intensity. Like it's, you kept waiting for something huge to happen, like something action packed or like some crazy suspense moment. And I mean, obviously, the ending of the episode was a pretty huge bombshell. Uh, that that definitely. You know, it was a huge right. moment. But other than other than that, in terms of giant reveals, it was just all this. Like, I mean, you can tell they have another season. I guess. I guess yeah. that's what that is. You you know this, that they got renewed. You know, six to eight weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, this is a show that plays the longest of long games. Mm -hmm. At a certain at a certain point, I just stopped expecting like the the uh, like the first half of the season. I think was uncharacteristically action heavy for this show. Mm -hmm. If anything, the second half of the season was more characteristic of the show. I stopped expecting big action-packed moments and cliffhangers to happen at a certain point and just started focusing on the acting and the character moments. And there's there's so much. It's such a deep show. My, my first thoughts uh, actually was a pretty specific one about uh, Philip and Elizabeth's struggle for Paige. Uh, in a weird way, I, I felt like this proved that Paige is more his... 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Daughter hmm. than hers because she played her trump card. I mean, she took her to Russia, right? Met her mother, brought her into the circle of trust. I mean, that was it. That was that was all that she could do. And Paige proved herself to be more uh, Philip in the sense that. It, you know, sort of this theme of, you know, instinct versus, you know, calculation. And sometimes he, he sort of feels his instincts and Gabriel giving him a talking to about that. And it, to me, it was like paralleling, you know, and they even showed him on, you know, standing by the phone and kind of losing it as she was losing it. Yeah, it's it was like that thing that, that he heard at the S meeting about trusting your gut. And I think he does. I think Paige does get that from Philip, that whole, you know, I have to trust my gut and what I feel is right. And he was even talking about that with Elizabeth at the end. It's just like, this doesn't feel right. What I do doesn't feel right. Yeah, you know, right. having to kill that man and everything. So, um, Well, yeah, not just that she's Paige's yeah. daughter, but also that she is emphatically not Elizabeth's daughter. Because yeah. I feel like the moment that broke her was when they're like they're laying in bed in that hotel and Paige asks her mother, you would never just like leave me and like basically abandon me for 40 years and never see me again, right? And Elizabeth like... Did not answer that question. Well, she said you would never be in that type of situation, but, which but is that like was, a that way, was a way of circling <laughs> around answering the question. The worst answer you could yes. give your yeah. daughter who's in yeah. such a vulnerable state. It's yeah, al- it's, it's a lot. It's almost like a predictable that she would be more Philip's daughter, right? Because if you think about, you know, uh, Elizabeth and Philip were born in a time and raised in a time where their country was in the middle of a seemingly never-ending war, mm-hmm. right? And that's how they were raised. So the ideals, they were sort of on a cultural outpost on some level where they were taught... That you, even though this defies logic, this defies, um, or it's all logic, it defies emotion, you're going to have to learn how to do this crazy thing, you're going to leave your family, you're going to go undercover, mm-hmm. you're going to go live this insane life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, would you really expect Paige to just fall in line as a robot? She was raised as a regular person. I mean, she was raised as a normal person in society, <laughs> Wait, not a what spy. What do you mean? Because they, were born, they weren't raised as regular people? Well, they weren't raised, but they were instructed fairly quickly yeah. to be robots. I mean, that's, to me, the subtext of the show, and I said this while you're watching it, the biggest subtext is it's spies with hearts. I mean, it's, it's the the emotional breakthrough of these these people that are essentially supposed to be robots. You know, I think it's interesting yeah. to you bring up a point about sort of generational changes. Like, I can't even fathom a scenario where somebody could be isolated enough today to ever be a spy. It's crazy. You know what I mean? There are spies now, presumably, but it's, it's, it's so much harder, you know, between their age and Paige's age, you know, when they were kids, to, to sort of know. isolate somebody and bring them up in that way. But there, there are spies. Oh, there spies are. anywhere. Yeah, there are. Yeah. One yeah. of us could be in this room could be a spy. Is a spy. You wouldn't is know. A spy. I would definitely be a spy any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. To live in the world of instant that, information. like the job I want. For the travel. For the travel. No, I always said that if I weren't for an the actor, killing? I'd yeah, be for the murder, assassin. definitely for the murder. for the for the for the license to kill. Yeah. Well, no, not to kill, but if I weren't an Name. actor, yeah, I could be an assassin. I could probably do that. <laughs> I think to live in the world of instant information and social media, you would have to be a damn near sociopath to avoid getting distracted from your mission. I, I think, think you would we've already kind of mentioned that I might be a psychopath. <laughs> On that note, what would, so... you, what would be your 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 tool of choice to kill people? A gun, or I would do it be like, like one knives. of those ropes, or I'm knives. a knife person. It's close and intimate, but I'm also you know taken for poison as well. I'd, I'd poison yeah. someone. I'd bomb someone from afar in a distance. If she were a spy. If I were a spy. <laughs> Which one of us on <laughs> this panel is, but yes. Not just Maybe. a spy, an assassin. By the so. law of averages, one of us has to be a spy. I would say that's probably about right. 20, yeah. You know, <laughs> of the US population. freelance, I would definitely be freelance. On that note. It's a job. Uh, it's a, it's, yes. it is you know, a job. Presumably they have benefits. <laughs> 401k? Or I don't know what the equipment is. I mean, it depends on if you're, if you're with CIA, maybe, if you're with, like, a government base. But if you freelance, you probably just, like, it's just, like, acting. You're just kind of, like, out there. Yeah, right. and, and it's not taxed, too, so then you have to, de- yeah. I don't know if you declare like, that. If you want to. I right. mean, if you're an like, assassin, what are they going to do? Yeah. How do you, you declare that? You know, <laughs> that, that well, first you have to build up a spying reel, you know, your best yeah, kills. You gotta, yeah, you like, your best kills. <laughs> Anyways, and how you go about it. Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of spies and, and just uh, killing people, uh, Nina and Anton. <laughs> a storyline that I couldn't care less about. Okay, yes, yes, I basically agree. But I do want to say before we, I mean, 
just a broader context for that, we've been talking about how boring that storyline is all season, but I feel like in this episode, the storylines felt more connected than usual. Maybe it's because we finally had what's going on in, in the Russian side having some impact on what's going on at the CIA, mm-hmm. but everything felt like it was flowing into each other and, and that things going on in one side of the world were, were like impacting what's going on on the other side of the world. Maybe they're building up expectation, like the whole this whole storyline, Stan is negotiating, he's going to win, he's going to get in and out. And he's the, definitely and, not. And the sad moment at the same time where you realize he's not. And maybe, just maybe, she's going to have to just sort of settle into a life, this undercover life of just, like, maybe emotional connection to this person she's sort of supposed to be turning. My only question in, in the Nina scene was, I just looked and I was like, how clever is she? Is she still manipulating? Is she still undercover? Or is something really happening? I've, it seemed like she kind of broke at the end when she was sitting on his bed and she was just like, I'm kind of tired of, of you know, buying back my life. Right. It's it seemed line. like yeah. it, that was very much... Like her being honest, but we all, we've also said that Nina yeah. does use honesty as a way to manipulate people to get what she wants. Honesty but is a that's got to be exhausting, you know. And and his vulnerability that when people are vulnerable with you, even and this has kind of been like an overall theme with this episode. When people are vulnerable with you, it 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 does touch you in a way that maybe you weren't expecting it, and so and it affects you even if you have different intentions. Yeah, um, in a way that kind of causes you to break a little bit if you've been putting up a guard. I, I mean, I thought again, you know, it's like we, we'll never know what's real. That's why the show is great. But when Oleg said, you know, what happens to these people is, you know, they live out a pretty mid- miserable existence even if they get out. In Siberia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that was sort of an allusion to what was setting up, you know, with Anton and Nina, this idea that, like, even if she doesn't do it this way, then the other option is to, you know defy their little tree, you know, make her life even more miserable. To go to Siberia. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. your options are bad or bad. Mm-hmm. There are no, I don't think there's, a, I don't know, I don't know if there's a good exit for Nina. Well, I thought Anton said something really interesting when he said, um, they only have my body. It was like, what are you intending to do? Like, right. you've been writing this letter for a long time. You've said something along the lines of they only own my body or they only have my body. Are you intending to kill yourself? Well, like, to get free? I, you know, I think that, and, and that was, there was a big theme of body in this episode, definitely, to, and listening to your gut, you know, like primal body stuff. But yeah, I was curious, you know, what 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 his you know what his viewpoint is of what they don't own. You know, is it you know some sort of world that he lives in in his head yeah. that you have to create for yourself? You know, maybe he's mastered something that Philip needs to do. You know, this whole this whole how oh. do I live within my headspace and whatever else happens? That's just my body. Like if I kill somebody. That's just a primal thing, I think a body Philip, ripping another body apart. Yeah, right. I think Philip had mastered that, but I think you can only do that for so long before you just like, because it, it, it's just it has to be exhausting on yourself to separate yourself. And they talked about that in Est when they talked about the sex, about how you know when you separate sex from intimacy and something else, <laughs> um, it, it it makes it difficult to maintain that relationship. It's not real, and so. You can do that for a while, but eventually that will start to wear you down. Kind of like what Philip did with Annalise and yeah. kind of Kimmy, and a, but a whole lot of other people. Yeah, and, so he's yeah. like, I feel like shit <laughs> yeah. most of the time. All, all the time. All the time. All the time. It was a good. It was a good line. In fact, <laughs> in fact, uh, in a storyline aside from the body being folded into the suitcase was again completely useless in this season. I just felt like, why was that guy even in the show? Really, okay. Yusuf- aside, yeah, like I think about all those scenes, and I'm like, did I get anything really out of those scenes? Did he matter as a character? Yeah, it was just a break stand. I mean, Philip, it was just a break. Yeah, down. it was another. It was another chance for Philip to yeah. like be honest to somebody who knows who he and, is. And you know, you, yeah. you know, you talk about this as an actor. Sometimes it's like these little characters. You know, when you're an actor and you play these little characters, you're just serving the principal. You're serving oh, him. Yeah. You know, it's like so. Sometimes but there's they also, are. Um, I think the most interesting thing about acting is is the residue. Mm-hmm. So, and a, a lot of actors have different ways of, of negotiating that. But, like, when you've played roles where, like, I played a role where I was a rape victim in Darfur. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to do it every night. I was the understudy, thank God. But I did it one night. <laughs> and after the show was over, everyone was like, do you want to go out for a drink? I was like, no, I just want to go home and be alone. And so it's, you know, there's a residue to... Uh, any type of lifestyle that causes you to maybe do things that are against your natural habits. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't For imagine sure. being a spy. Like, 
Like yeah. every time I hear uh, Matthew Reese in real life, I'm, I'm shocked not just by his accent, but by the fact he's like a very like jovial, high energy guy. <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. different than Philip. He seems like he'd be a great guy to share a drink with. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you got to wonder if like even so, like just playing this guy and all the things he's got to do as has to wear on him. Well, it's it's just it's just how you deal with the residue. And you know, if you're in a healthy place, I think if you're in a healthy place, when you have to do things that maybe aren't healthy. Um, then I think it's easier to come out of it. And I don't think, that's the one thing I think with Philip and Elizabeth that they never really learned and that they don't really care to teach you as a spy is how to stay, to have mental health. I think that's a, a more post 80s <laughs> yeah. spy course. You know what I mean? In the academia of, yeah. of spy teaching, I don't think that was in the syllabus in 83. Yeah. For right? Sure. In I 2015, mean you know, lesson number one is be in touch with your feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that S that S stuff is pretty is pretty uh, BuzzFeed. Yeah, yeah oh. the BuzzFeed. Yeah, ten best ways to feel good after murdering someone. Yeah. No, <laughs> for sure. Like the S stuff we see in this episode is pretty primitive stuff. We've gotten to such new levels with the self help stuff. Everybody is kind of internalized. That. Well, I, I want to just say really quickly. I, I twice this episode I've said like either a storyline I couldn't care less about or completely worthless. I don't mean in any way that I'm watching. I'm like this is poorly done. I, what I do mean is. I expect a lot out of this show. I mm-hmm. This is the finale. At this point, I'm thinking about, okay, aside from that one line, what did that add? You know, how, how am I being affected as a viewer? What do I expect out of such an important episode? And all, it's not a judgment of the actors or the writers or anything like that. It's more just like I can see the parts of the show that I think are awesome where are I'm totally engaged. I just was saying I had complained twice already on the show about things that I said I couldn't. I think you've been the most critical of this show all season of the four of us. Yeah, maybe. yeah, no. I mean, listen, you 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 <laughs> help balance out those of I'm us not calling who you. people think I complain. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Like, ca- I'm not ca- I like this show a lot, guys. I'm not calling you. A co- I'm not calling you a complainer. I'm more saying that I think maybe you have like a different take on season three than we have. Do you think it was like partic- too slow in spots? What did you want to happen that didn't okay, happen? Okay, uh, I would say my initial reaction was that the the scene. Uh, Three episodes ago, the I've talked about a bunch with Lois. Oh, yeah. right, was the best thing the Americans has done since right. the beginning. That was the best episode of the show so far. Hmm. The first episode of the season was awesome. Uh, there were at least three or four other episodes this season I can think of that were fantastic, and I actually thought this was a great episode overall. I thought the tone was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel this season, for whatever reason, a lot of the subplots and secondary storylines really I was feeling they were wearing on my page. It was a bit much. It That's was a all. lot, and it was. I will see with this episode, it was a touch slow. Just for me, um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of coming in, knowing that they had a lot of things to wrap up. And there were a lot of things that they just skipped. Uh, we did not see Martha. We didn't see Martha. Time. We didn't see Kimmy. We didn't see someone else that I can't think of. <laughs> I think they edited it after um, they heard me complain about shows that do that, where they try to do too <laughs> much. I think they, they re-edited. <laughs> but, they had a director's cut that had yeah. nine other storylines edited, and then they heard it our, seems our like show. Yeah. It was definitely th- a thing where they... They got the the notification that they would be around season for season four. four. Yep. Yeah. And they were like, okay, then these things that we have, we can play them out a little bit longer. Yeah. Do you think they had shot more and they possibly, or do you think they, they had? No, they I had, think they they found out before they finished shooting. So uh, yeah, no, but uh, in so truth, eight weeks ago, I, I, I do think. think I do think in this day and age, you always have to have that in mind because networks are pulling triggers so quickly on such high quality shows sometimes if they haven't built up an audience. But I think they knew already but, going yeah. into this season that they would definitely have FX is very supportive yeah, of their show. Right. Right. Extremely supportive. So I do believe that this Anger was <laughs> Yeah. <Yes. laughs> no, but that was a ten ninety deal. Uh, really? Like who who gives Charlie Sheen? Well, no, know, because it was a cheap Anyways. deal for that. But, yeah. but, but the yeah. but the but the lack of resolution works so well for this show in particular yeah. because because all the characters are in that are just waiting for the hammer to drop. You know, they're yeah. all, they always exist in the, this constant state of tension, waiting for things to go wrong. So we're feeling yeah. that along with them. I will say that I just think that the biggest my biggest issue with this episode, hundred percent, was that we didn't see Martha. You can't um, give me you can't give me a cliffhanger in episode twelve. That's the biggest reveal that the show has probably had so far, and you're not even going to show me her reaction. Sorry, it was a burp. Uh, it was a hiccup. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it a hiccup. Um, alcohol. Yeah, 
You just love Martha. It was. Yeah, a, I didn't mind. She's great. It was an interesting choice. Like so much so that I wonder if like maybe like the season four premiere, she'll will realize she's been dead this whole time. Like that scene ended with Philip killing her, and we just didn't know. Well, it would <laughs> then it would there would, been, would have been no merit to him killing um, the other guy, the other to, guy to, to frame her. Right. And, and they talked about how she she need, he needs to tell Martha unless right. he also framed her, uh, unless Philip also framed him for Martha's murder. Right. I, that's what I originally, originally which, which thinking, we, you they, were originally pitching, but yeah. they totally changed yeah. that. For I, 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 look, I'm on the on the side of I like that they kept it narrow somewhat yeah. for the finale because, I mean, this whole season was a, a very much about Paige. You know, if yeah. you look at the season in terms so of priorities, mm-hmm. it was very much about Paige. I'm going to suggest Paige problem. I'm going to suggest something really quick. Yeah, that's what we've been saying, right? I, I mean, I know we're going to move on from the story of the, new, the Nina Anton just a minute, mm-hmm. but this thing, this is the last episode of the season. Any final thoughts on the season on Nina Anton? Uh, Anything that we haven't said about them on the season? No, man, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little bit with you on that, Ben. It, it left a bit to be desired yeah. in terms of closure on where, yeah. at least giving us a glimpse of. Well, where are we going with this? I'm not they def- sure. They definitely ended on a deliberate anticlimax, saying, nope, Nina's not going to be saved. There was a chance she was going to, and now definitively she's well, no, not that's going to. that's not true, because <laughs> if she is successful with Anton, I mean, she won't be saved in, in that way, but right. she may not die in that prison. She might she be might... able to save herself, but she's, yeah. you know, she's, she's grappling with saved. her own morals the same way Philip and a bunch of characters are grappling with but their morals. But I never thought she was going to be saved by Stan and Oleg. I guess that's true. Like, I just ended. I just think they deflated. Of course he did, because he's Stan. I think the show does a great job with giving you expectations and deflating those expectations at the appropriate moments. I think they gave you the expectation that Stan was, because he's a main character, going to win and get Nina back somehow. You felt and that he, way? And he found himself in a position where he was like, oh, wow, well, my grand plan kind of worked, but I didn't get Nina back. And Nina's like, well, this is kind of crappy. Maybe I should just dig in here and enjoy this life that I have because the alternative's not that great. You know what I loved about Stan as a character? You know, I've been saying this whole time that... You guys, picking back off what you said about him not being a good spy, I've always said he's middle management. And part of being middle management is not knowing how to play politics. Mm -hmm. He thought he had this big trump card, and he played it, and it was dismissed so quickly that it was laughable. Yeah. You know? I mean, he thought this was his big chance to save. So we're switching into Stan and like, I guess Yeah, yeah, I guess I mean, it just cracked me up how... Out of touch he is with the the bigger things above you guys his pay grade. Are so surprised by Stan? I'm not. I did say he. <laughs> I was like, Stan is actually decent in the fact that he he actually yeah. did catch Zaneda. Good on ya. Good on ya. Yeah. But I mean, but, but it was like, but that was Oleg's master. Was it Oleg's? No, wait. It was Stan's master plan. I guess it, it was, was Stan Stan's who went plan. to Oleg yeah. in the first place. Yeah. yeah. This Oleg had originally just wanted to kill Stan. This, right. The Stan the Stan moment with Gad was like, this is what it felt like. It was like, hey baby, I am so sorry. I cheated on you three times last year, but you know what? It made me realize that I love you and I want to marry you. <laughs> Will you marry me? I, I, I'm over cheating on you. I I came to the conclusion that you're the right woman for me, and that's how I feel. That's what that felt like. We're like you're, you say, your boss. Like I've been stealing for two years, but I returned all the money. Yeah, I love that they like cheaters to leave my conscience. Like yeah, you, you oh really? You've been behind the bureau's back for all this time, and you did something yeah. good for us. Way to go, Stan. Yeah. And but, he wonders why he's having issues in his marriage or yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, look, Stan um, had a good instinct of the Zaneda thing. I kind of did. agree with you that Stan isn't a good spy and makes a ton of mistakes. I could see why Agent Gad would be you furious. Mean, <laughs> yeah. I could see why Agent Gad would be furious with him. Yes. Um, but it's how interesting that the upper, upper management decided, you know what, you're actually kind of a brilliant spy. That's well, no, a bit yeah. of a TV trope, too. Like the, the guy above you is a bureaucrat. you got to be a little bit of yeah. a rebel, but somebody right. yeah. up there you play by but somebody up there gets you. It's like Naked Gun. Like, how did he not get fired? <laughs> because he gets the job done at the end of the day. That's like what it comes down to. I think, I think what they're really thinking is... Stan could get close to the Russians. If something happens to Stan, that's okay. Yeah, Maybe it'll help he's, us in the long he's run. Expendable he's expendable. Sure. Yeah. I, I also like that there's been this this theme with Stan throughout the season. When we talked about this a lot with Sandra, when he's like, I can fix this, I'm a man, I can get you back. I Stan's kind of a selfish prick. It's a kind of all about him. And he mm. kind of saw that. And you can see it with the bureau with the way he acts, you can see it in his marriage in some ways that he acts. You want to sympathize with main characters because they're protagonists. Ultimately, he's not an anti hero. He's definitely a protagonist. Yeah. But in the end of the day, one of your main characters who's supposed to be uh, relatable is kind of a dickhead. Well, I think it's more that his perspective is when he's looking at a problem, he's looking at it through the lens of how can I fix this for me at the end of it? You know, he says, do you even care about the bureau? (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to just go. No, I just I thought he might just he's go. Selfish. No, I don't. I care about myself. He's selfish, and that's that's been the biggest problem with Stan. I don't think and he's that's a what prick, though. 
call him a dickhead. Oh, oh I don't think he's that. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, he has a tendency. But yeah. um, but I like the I I like this little stad head rebond that's forming, and I'm very curious to see where it's going to go in future seasons. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the, mean, the breaker, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's still May though, right? Because well, we're not going to get into predictions yet, but you know, we don't know how the. Pastor Dim thing will play out. You still, you still may have a, a you know a leg in the, in the race, a, a horse in the race with the Henry. <laughs> oh, that was me. You, both yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah we, maybe we, we both did it. So yeah. both well, did we'll, we'll get to Pastor Dim in a minute. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. But, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh, Stan Oleg. Yeah, I, 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 thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was interesting that Stan uh, was a turncoat on Oleg to some degree. I thought they yeah, were, jerk. Right, they were kind of working together a little bit. And they like, but I guess they just had the common interest of Nina. That's it. There was my, you know, the enemy of my enemy is a friend for like a minute. You know? I was so right. surprised that he was just like, I got him. Let's let's get him for treason. I was like, please, well, please, Stan. Well, I I never. I mean, they shared a beer one time, but I never thought they were friends. No. I never thought they were friends, <laughs> but I certainly didn't believe that he would just remember immediately. The, remember try the first to, like, episode of the season. Oleg tried to Oleg tried to kill him, but he didn't. Yes. <laughs> no, but. You know what it reminds me of? You know, if we're going to go with like re- relationships, it reminds me of like, hey, uh, an ex-husband kind of like being civil to the new husband guy oh, right, when it right. suits them. Yeah. But if he had a chance to murder him to get his wife back, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like to do it. So clear something up for me here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have a question. Okay, so you have over here, you have the Russians across the border, the Cold War Russians. They're mm-hmm. on their own. You have the Americans, the FBI, CIA. You know, patriotism, American flag. Okay, then you have the residentura, right? You have the Russians in America that are that are tolerated because they're not mm-hmm. they're like sort of neutral, right? They're on the they're, an embassy. They have like well, di- the embassy, yeah. diplomatic yeah. community. Yeah. That's how it works. Yet within the embassy, they're spying on the Americans. So they're also turncoats. Yeah. Correct? That's what's going on. So in fact, the residentura is they're still I thought traitors. Meant that you or I'm sorry, they're the, the, agreement. The, Disregard no, that. Look, They're still traitors. No, yeah. Presumably, everybody who's in an embassy is doing some sort of recon work, I think. Yeah. So why would they be tolerated? In the because it's it's a U.S. sort of diplomacy. I mean, that, that's right. sort of right. like... The, does. You know, like there's, there's, accept, there's rules of acceptable behavior that, that gotcha. sort of, hey, we accept that we need to have some people on the ground for communication purposes, and you need... Overall, it's better for everybody yeah. if we have people over there and we're we're forming a bond and we have alliances on certain things. But at the same time, we all kind of know, wink, wink, they're going to be doing some recon if, work. If Americans tried to shut down the Russian embassy, that would be like a Cuban Missile Crisis-style trigger. Yeah. Uh, like, God, it's like the okay. Olympics. Yeah. You know, when everyone goes to the Olympics, everyone's, oh, okay, we get along. Okay. And everyone totally. saves the just, world together. I think I was just getting Except a little confused Munich. because all the storylines are presented so much Munich. at face value. We're supposed to sympathize right. with all the characters uh, yet, like, these characters don't know. You know what I mean? Like, Stan and Oleg, for instance, are interacting. Does Stan know that Oleg is into some shady stuff? Or do you think he just... I think, he I think, I think Stan assumes Oleg is doing yeah. shady okay. stuff. Which is why yeah. he's willing to it's turn espionage. him over. It's espionage. Yeah, it's, it's spies talking to spies. That stuff happens it's in spies. It's not spy friend. It's spy yeah. business. Yeah. Something Espionage. like that. Something. Espionage. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Espionage. <laughs> I, in, fact, if, in fact, I bet Oleg probably would have done the same thing in Stan's shoes. You know, yeah. it's just sure. spy business. Sure. Yeah, he wanted to. He attempted <laughs> to get him. Yeah. To, to keep Nina here. So Oleg, Stan. Anything mm-hmm. else on, on Stan? Well, I did want to touch on his marriage, which kind of ties into film. That one yes. scene we got, right? Yeah, the one scene we got. It's so sad. And she's like, you can keep the wedding album. My that mother, hurt. My mother kept the wedding album, yeah, so that we hurt. had it. But he's like still in that sort. He's right. He's still kind of giving her the eyes. Like if you just would look well, at me the right yeah, way. Yeah, when he said that whole thing about you nursed. Mm-hmm. What's Trying his name, Matthew? One more time. In in that in the rocking chair, right? And he knows how to use plants. And, and she's like, like now he knows alive. how to keep plants alive. <laughs> it's like, come on, baby, I'm a full, I'm a fully, you know, I'm a Renaissance <laughs> man. No, but he's still yeah. selfish. Like he alive. hasn't changed. Yeah. What happened to that Est lady who he went on like two dates with? Uh, she she kind of probably got cast in uh, the lead, Kelly Thorne, in some other show. <laughs> See, so. it's just like Kimmy. Just yeah, that was annoying. Usually, because usually when you have a lead actress like Kelly Thorne playing a role like that. You feel like it's going to go somewhere, so either it's going to go somewhere next season. It was just a plot device, because he 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 was looking at the picture. No, but she's too big of an actor to to just be... But she might, though. I mean, with uh, Annalise, you know, she disappeared for a while, not that she's as big an actress, but and then she did make a comeback, so you never know. I mean, it definitely uh, felt like after that whole scene, and he's thinking about, like, uh, what do I... What do I do about my marriage? I, it definitely felt like he was still reaching out, and he's still not ready to let it go, but he kind of has to let it go. So I, I don't really know what to That's make of it. That's just a pretty normal relationship yeah. reaction, I think, when you're not quite there yet, but you yeah. know it's over, so you just have to kind of 
wait until your body He just body has to move agrees. into one of those divorced dad condos, you know, party <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, right. I mean, Stan's, uh, Stan's whole season-long arc has been just his personal and professional life falling apart, and yeah. the fact he can't let go of Nina, and he can't let go of Sandra, and he can't let go of whatever victories he once he had. You can't have your cake and eat it. At too. least he gets so, to play Stratomatic with Henry. He just, yeah. lives, he just yeah. lives such a tortured existence. Like, he when, does. When the guy's like, when the guy's like uh, he's like, we want to make you a sweet agent that, where you can come to me. And he's like, oh, great. He's like, I need but I need you to get Nina back. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, so we can't do that. I have Why to, does but, he need <laughs> Nina back so much? I right. Mean, was she her. that Good. In the bed, in the I satchel. bet. You know what I bet? I satchel. bet she was. Sorry, I bet she was. She does All things right. that Sandra <laughs> never did, which is why she's at the clinic for sexual but healing. But he wants Sandra back. Well, the clinic for sexual rejuvenation. It's about being open. It's definitely funny that they. I'm use... sure being with Stan is exhausting sexually. Like, <laughs> in, I was in, in a, a bad probably way. Pretty in a bad dry. way. It's pretty dry. In, in a bad way. way. It's pretty it's monotonous. Like, this sucks. Stan's By the numbers. Kind of, yeah, he's kind of, Stan's kind of a card. Mean potatoes kind of sexually. But, yeah. yes. I was, I was going to say, I think it's funny that they use, so you have, over here you have, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Allison Wright, Martha, as, 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 yeah. Comedy, and then mm-hmm. over here you have Est as comedy. I just like that every once in a while they drop it in, and it's entirely supposed to be comic. Like it's always, it's always laughable. Can every we rank we... them sexually? Oh God, what? Yeah. Well, now, I the... think you're white Russian is talking now. <laughs> no, I think Elizabeth's what... probably the best. In what sense? You're saying like no, wildest? Philip is definitely the best. Wildest. Philip. Well, they're like of anybody trained. of all the characters. They're I know. Trained. I'm saying I think okay. Philip. You think Philip? Philip. What is the order? Then Elizabeth. Uh-huh. I think you guys are forgetting Martha. Then Nina. And Nina, yeah, Nina would be just Nina. the order. But Philip and Elizabeth were both highly trained. Highly. What about yeah. Martha and her well, book? I'm getting she to it. <laughs> Philip, then Elizabeth, then Nina, then Martha. <laughs> I give Martha the edge um, over, over... Then Yusuf. Okay. <laughs> if we're talking about his main characters, then... Um, right. But stands, stands at the bottom. Sam's at the bottom. Hans. Hans is after Martha. Sure. We know how you feel about Hans. Oh, my God. Hans could just... He's calm. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. You could just... Come on. He's a guy in his 20s. He doesn't know what he's doing. This road is... Adelisa's dead, but she was like the crazy type of Hans. Some guys in their 20s don't know what they're doing. Most guys in their 20s don't know what they're doing. But some... But Hans does. Hans must. We're going down a road that says dead end at the end. Let's turn around. I know. coming back. Drive out. And stands at the bottom. So on that note... Well, no, but send us your tweets. Who do you think was probably the best lover? On the Americans. To touch on it, I, was, I wanted to bring up Sandra because I wanted to feed into just like that that interaction she has with Philip, and so we can bring it into Philip. Sure. Um, I thought that was really interesting that she wanted to be vulnerable with Philip. I she wanted know. a buddy, a secret she buddy. She wanted a secret buddy, but that's why I felt like that the guy that she left her husband for was supposed to be that guy. Right. Am I wrong? And it, I think she, th- I think she thought it was going to be that guy. And mm-hmm. she's probably more like Stan again. He's yeah. probably like, you. well, she probably felt, fall, you know, you fall into those patterns over and over. What's interesting about the Philip Sander thing is I don't think that was a sexual thing, even though they're at this. No, sex I didn't seminar. think it was sexual. I thought, uh, I, but if that janitor had left five minutes earlier, it goes right. it goes on that point of just uh, of intimacy. You know, a, a lot of times people might be in a sexual relationship that gives them very little intimacy, mm-hmm. and I felt that was something that was a big issue with Philip and Elizabeth in the beginning of their relationship, where. Yeah, they had sex as a way of like making sure they had children and, and maintained any desires that they had, but they didn't have any intimacy in the relationship in the beginning. And once that developed, then there was the trust that came with that, the vulnerability that came with that. So yeah. it's interesting to see that with Sandra. I was going to say one of the things, and I, I referenced this early in the episode, but I think it's amazing where we are with television now. So you have the moment where he sees Sandra at the meeting, right? Now, in traditional American television, like a show on NBC or something on the CW, Character A that you're familiar with sees character B, male and female, in an odd situation. You can pretty much connect the dots of what's going to happen. There's going to be a relationship or sex. Now, you take a, a popular show like The Sopranos. Tony Soprano sees a new secretary or somebody that – a woman that, and they, make, they look at each other like that. You can pretty much cut to the sex. They did that in the show frequently. I like that in this show, you see that look and not for a second was like, yeah, they're going to hook up. It was like, no, this is just going to be some weird moment of connection. The same as when Pastor Tim and his relationship to Paige, you're like, right. this isn't going to be the, this, the cliche like, oh, well, he's a pastor. and she, You know what I mean? This isn't going to be some weird pedophile thing. I like that this show and television in general now, a lot of the more intelligent shows sidestep those expectations. This show has a, it does a great job of that, of selling you a reality and either, like I said, kind of deflating your expectation just before the payoff or just completely swerving and going a different direction. But you never get that face value mainstream American television payoff. You know what I mean? No, it's yeah. great. It's definitely. It's because it's Russian. No. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, and, and you know, and I, the main thing I got from that Philip Sandra thing is that 
Philip said he can be open with Elizabeth, but Sandra said, "Well, you're, uh, you're. She doesn't know you're here, right?" Yeah. And Philip wasn't going to tell her, and Elizabeth doesn't really tell Philip about how things went Why with her and her mom. Why is Philip there? Because, well, I mean, we're, I think we're going to get into that more when you just get into Philip's whole yeah. existential crisis. Yeah. But, well, let's go ahead but, and touch into that. I, but I just, I just want to say that. I don't think Philip and Elizabeth Philip and Elizabeth may trust each other now and they might know you know the most important thing about each other you know that the big secret that they share but I think there's a lot that they don't know about each other that they don't share oh, with each yeah. other. Oh yeah. I mean I think that's that's a big thing like uh my best friend and I have known each other for oh my god how old am I? Uh 14 years. Um <laughs> and we always joke like you know if if I were into women like we'd be together, like that, that it would be done. But I'm just not. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, but there is a level of intimacy that you know comes with 14 years of friendship. But there's something I told her recently that she was like, "You have never told me that." And I was like, "Well, mm. I've never told anyone that. It's taken me 14 years to get to a point where I felt like I could comfortably tell you that." Is you there, know? Yeah, is there anybody that you could share all your secrets with that no. you don't pay to spill all and your secrets to? <laughs> yeah, and there's definitely things that I keep that, you know, I remember my father told me, I guess a year ago now, well, he told me a lot of things, but it, one thing he said was, there are things in my life that I will go to the grave with that no to. one else will know. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's impossible to have like full <laughs> intimacy and honesty. It's part of being a grown-up. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Do they say I love you? I know, I I referenced this when we were watching the episode. Mm -hmm. I was trying to remember a scene where Philip and Elizabeth had said it. I know there's been looks, it's been indicated, but do they say it? You may be right, it may not have been said. I don't think they, they did say it this season, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, I didn't hear him say it this season, but. Yet they've gotten closer than they ever have. We're lame, we're lame uh, super fans to not just know that. No, he said it. He said, he didn't say it to her. But he said it to someone else. Gabriel? He said... No. I love Elizabeth. Well, that doesn't matter. Or or right. something like... Yeah, because he, he said it to Gabriel about how just like... Or um, Gabriel referenced it about how when Philip saw Elizabeth, he was like... Oh, right. That was it. It was... I felt when the certain. When they were kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they first met. And then with... And Gabriel told Philip... You were. She refused the first man. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. so. She chose you in a way. She yeah. chose you in yeah. a way. out of two yeah. people, out right. of two guys. But saying I love you is hard, especially yeah. in their type of. I mean, saying I love you as, as a yeah. somewhat well functioning adult in mm-hmm. in modern times, regular times, is hard enough. I can imagine having it's a all level that. of vulnerability that is possible. Philip is just like never felt. Philip has been put through the ringer this year. Yeah, fans, I mean, fans of the show really it, put through it this year. If there's a relevant moment that we're missing. By the way, before we move on from this, please uh, tweet at us. Yeah, let us know. Uh, tweet at us with the hashtag uh, the Americans ABTV and let us know if you can remember a really relevant moment in the show when they do say it. Because I was just trying to rack my brain while we were watching. I don't know that they've ever said it. I kind of almost feel like it's yeah. doesn't. It seems kind of this cliche thing that wouldn't happen. So so much on this show is said just through you know glances yeah. mm-hmm. instead of like words. Well, the but truth th- pole scene is definitely an yeah. I love you scene. But since you brought up Gabriel, can we talk about that one scene we get with Gabriel yeah. in this yeah. episode? Because uh, dude, Gabriel yeah, called him out. Really called him out. And you know we've been talking about how manipulative Gabriel is all season. And but, only to find out that he wasn't really being well all the way manipulative. Well, he I mean he certainly is to a degree. I think he's yeah. always he all the way. he's a, he's a handler and he's always trying to handle Philip and Elizabeth. I think that's clear. But I think Philip's anger at Gabriel is basically misplaced. He's really angry with the center, you know, and the whole and, situation. And from that, he's really he's really angry at, you know, just the yeah, exactly, the choices he's made. He's angry at himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he's angry. I mean, at the end of the day, every human being, right? It's like do you have control over your body? If you do, then it's like you're, you know, those are your choices, you know? Like yeah. nobody's is it, it's like that dilemma, like, oh, would you shoot somebody if they were like, you're going to, we'll kill you if you don't kill that other person, you know? Everybody has a choice, no matter what, in this world. And I think Philip is accumulated so many that it's it's just like a mountain of stuff now that's that's kind of collapsed on him. You know, it's he's. I think he's reached a point where he's he's made so many bad decisions or wrong decisions, and that once he's opened his Pandora's box, like he can't close yeah. it back up. He and can't even. Yeah. Go ahead. No, he can't even articulate it to himself. No. He, uh, he uh, he's asked why he's at S, and he says, "I don't know," and yeah. I think he means it. Yeah. Um. He and at the very end, the last thing you see him doing is him saying to Elizabeth, "Like, 
I think I need to do better things. Like he yeah, he, he can't he just he can't moment. put it into words. That was, that was a nice moment. Yeah. You know, I think it it's not that he's making the wrong decisions, it's that he's not making genuine decisions. It's like I've kind of been going through that with the what's the one I'm quarter life crisis where it's just kind of like have I been living the life that I want to live or have I been living the life that people tell me is the best life to live. Yeah. And and so with that, I think with Philip, it's getting to this point where it's like uh, all these decisions I'm making, these are not decisions that I feel I want to make, but I make them on behalf of something else that's supposed to be bigger. It's supposed to be this thing that I'm, I'm you know, living in the service yeah. of, but it's killing me on whether the it's, Whether it's for your country or for yeah. your family or whoever you justify it to when yourself, you w- how long can you keep, you know, yeah, murdering people and all the other things you can't he does? live in yeah. the service well, of And others. I think that's why it was so urgent and imperative to him that he save Paige, in a way. Right. Because he's, he's, he can't save himself. She represents mm-hmm. a kid's he redemption. Cannot sa- he cannot she still save has a himself. Choice. He'll never be able to save himself. He'll never get to a point where he can turn back all of these things, you know, in his head. I don't think so. It's I think residue. It is. It is <laughs> residue. <laughs> you can't get rid no, of residue. No, I know, you know, but I, you know, I don't know that Elizabeth, um, I think, you know, in a, a weird way, I feel like she can. Like, well, I feel like if she because, stopped today, yeah. she could start a new life and and put it all behind her in some way, in a lot better of a way than he could. She's less emotional. Well, yeah, no, it's not even that. It's because she justifies those choices. Like, yeah. even though look at the end that she gave him when they when she stopped him talking to be like, we should really hear what Reagan's saying. And as Reagan's kind of going on about this point of like, the Soviets need to stop what they're doing, get out of the arms race, stop doing the whole what's right and wrong, good and evil. Evil brought up again. justified her actions. We talked about this last episode about how what others say can justify our actions because it, it reinforces our own, you know, thoughts or our own beliefs. So for her, all of this is, is, in service of, and she justifies that in herself. For Philip, it's in the service of, but he hasn't quite come to terms with if that's what he wants to be doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas for her, it's always been that way. She's always wanted to be doing this. I think it's like a metaphor. It's like, okay, how many people, because we're all in the entertainment industry, how many people move to Los Angeles at a young age with this uh, Hollywood dream of they're going to make the appropriate sacrifices to achieve fame and fortune? And then they say 30 years later, you wake up by the pool. Now you come here at 20, you wake up at 50. You're still in the middle of it. You're still having to do all the same things. The world's changed around you, but you're in this life. You've made these sacrifices. <laughs> this is the world you're in. And what do you do now? You, there is so much anger and depression and alcoholism that goes along with people in that position. It's all the, the same as Philip. I mean, how much anger do you think he has it himself for this position he found himself in? He finds himself in now. All the people I've murdered to become a working actor. I just can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> to get to this after buzz <laughs> stage. This suit belonged to somebody, guys, before me. Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a wild analogy. but uh, No, but I feel no, like it's no, my head went. But I also think, too, you know, it, it, the show is called The Americans because you come to America and it's like, oh, this is an easy, could have just had this easy life. Yeah, you well, know, I could have like, just um, had this easy life. The juxtaposition the of the American dream. That that just I guess they are sort of living the American yeah. dream. Uh, yeah, well, they're trying it's like, to. Uh, there's this. There's this plaque. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Jimmy John's, but oh, I have been to Jimmy John's. Yeah, there's this plaque in Jimmy John's, and it's it's just like you know a saying, and you've probably seen it in passing in your life, but. So this businessman comes to this man who's living, he's vacationing on an island, and he sees this man who's on an island, and he goes, what do you do for a living? And this man goes, oh, well, every morning I wake up, and I fish, and I catch the fish, and I bring it home, and I feed my family, and I, you know, then I go and I bathe in the sun or whatever, and I get to spend time with my family and watch my children grow up. And he goes, and I make a decent amount of money selling the fish, so this is the life, you know? And the businessman says, well... What if you came back to where I was, then you could sell a million more fish. And he goes, well, why would I want to do that? You can make a million, million more dollars doing what you do. You do it so well. He's like, I don't know, but I like what I have. What would I have in the end? He's like, well, you do all this work. You never see your family. You never see your children. You, you know, just be nonstop working. And then by the time you're like 60, you could retire to a nice little island where you could fish and small fish and then spend time with your family and, and raise your children and get to see them grow up and bathe by the lake. And so that right. is kind of like the American dream. It's like, well, you could just 
have the small stuff and be happy, I, or you could build all this other life because up you, because and come you to can't, the small you stuff. can't see what's ten feet in front yeah. of your face. Or maybe yes. you just advocated for to communism. To tie it back into the show. You know what? <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to talk Elizabeth and Paige a little. Oh, bit. Okay. <laughs> yes, um, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, Elizabeth and emotional stuff. I mean, there's a huge reveal. Paige, yes. Paige reveals Paige, that there's Russians bias to Pastor Tim. That's pa- yeah, Paige. I well, who was surprised? That she did it. Well, uh, I wasn't because I predicted it. Ding, 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 no, ding, ding. True. We have a winner. If you'd asked last episode, I wouldn't have said it. But they built it well enough this episode. I could see the cracks forming. Mm-hmm. I could see how she was taken to Russia. She saw she saw this incredibly powerful mother-daughter bonding moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the... W- the, this Elizabeth's mother. This is the woman who made Elizabeth like the woman she is. Yeah, and you can see that Elizabeth, I think, wants to have the same power over her own daughter. But that they just the not the same. Well, person. I only that confirmed the scene that the she's like yeah, for Philip's sure. for me. daughter. That was, for sure. that was the big it was like, brutal. It was a really beautiful scene. I definitely, mm-hmm. I definitely got almost got a little choked up. Yeah, that, that was brutal. One of those moments where it's amazing what they can do, showing you a relationship to someone you've never seen before, mm. but just based on the context of the story, how emotional it can be. Brutal. That was great. Yeah. I, I thought that was one of the. I mean, most seeing them all which, hold hands. And, yeah, and, and really you know, nice. and I, I thought it was so symbolic. You know, she, she brought her into her like her circle, like they mm-hmm. made a little circle, and I've said to myself, "Oh, she's in the circle." And at that moment, I was like, "Oh, maybe she's got her." And so yeah. I thought, you know, like you said, playing with expectations and yep. then deflating them. For me, I was like, oh, we're okay. Paige is going to be okay for a, for a brief moment. Holly there. Taylor, I will say, and I know I've been saying it all season that she's my favorite character. And it's wavered a little. Obviously, some of the poor decision-making by the character, by the character has been a little disappointing. I really think she's done a great job. I yeah, really yeah. do. And for this a episode, teen actor, yes. brilliant. And this I mean, episode an, especially, an you know, I was really impressed by it in the end, so... I, I liked that a and lot. And all the ways they keep showing that disconnect between her and Elizabeth. Like, the way you see her praying after that encounter between mm-hmm. Elizabeth and her mother. Yeah. And Elizabeth's like, I don't completely understand how you're dealing with this. Mm-hmm. But by I the way, it, I By the way, I thought that was a missed opportunity for Elizabeth. She should have seen the danger. She should have prayed with her. No. Yeah. That's not Elizabeth, though. That would have been, no, be been a spy move, though. No, it's not Elizabeth. That, no, but I think... Philip would, would definitely have done I that. Think you, but, yeah. I think... And that's, you know, I, I think, like, Kimmy. Elizabeth always mm-hmm. says, you know, like, there was a line she said to Philip that I thought was really instructive in this episode about how she also misses some things. You know, we always think she's really sharp. She said, you're not seeing clearly. Like, I think that was a moment where she wasn't yeah. seeing clearly. She wasn't seeing the danger from her I daughter. I think we've she, commented on Elizabeth not being a sharp. Elizabeth has no, no, like total this, tunnel vision. But yeah. in this particular episode, like, that's on her, the phone call upstairs. Mm-hmm. That's on her because he doesn't know what just, you know, he wasn't, he doesn't know what state Paige is in right now. He wasn't just with her on this week long. Yeah, trip Elizabeth to just reassured yeah. Philip things went well. Right. So that's on her. Yeah. They were both very, I mean, that was very naive after Paige tells you, I don't think I can handle this to not, you know, at least be suspicious of her. To just come back with that phone off the, the locker in yeah. the spy dungeon. I, I definitely <laughs> just come back with everybody lies. Yeah. Not an answer. Yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> thought at it. I definitely thought that the one of the one of the nicest moments was when they're in West Germany. Which, by the way, I, we won't even touch on this because we don't have time to. But like, I, I thought it was a little absurd that there was like airport, West Germany, home. No, yeah, like, it was very quick. No exposition on like any of the any of the customs. Like they make the one reference to like. Oh, uh, they they looked at the passport and made no reference. But I mean, you're talking about like 12 to 14 hour flights, uh, which is incredibly risky and incredibly right. high pressure for both of them. I, I thought it was a little a little sloppy to not show any of that without time. But I will. Went, yeah, went surprisingly smoothly. Maybe as a little bit of a misdirect from the big reveal at the end. That, yeah, that was a big issue I had of just like them squeezing everything into the end. I feel like the. the Visit to Russia could have been a two episode thing. But yeah, the, the, the Germany, the Germany moment. I was just going to say, I liked that she was she was saying to her, well, "What are you doing?" Well, I'm looking uh, over my shoulder. Well, do you always do this when I'm working? And I wanted her to just be like, "Well, I'm always working." But you, yeah. know, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I I thought that was great where she was sort of trying to be like, "Well, uh, I don't want to freak you out if you did this, but you are always working. This well, is your job, hundred percent of the time." My big thought on the season as a whole before we wrap. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm planning on rewatching the whole season, and I'm so curious how this is going to play when I can watch them one after the other. I have a feeling a lot of the pacing issues we've commented on are going to kind of disappear. Isn't that weird? It's yeah. a whole new world. It's a where completely it's like, different world. We've been watching together, the slow mo version of this show. Right. We have. Oh my God, you guys! I feel a little sad about In this that. This day and age of television. All right. So, so that's yeah. your final thought, a- Adrian. Do you have a final thought? Uh, no. Well, let's just go into predictions. Well, I, I, or, do you have a final thought? Oh, yeah. oh, oh no. 
Oh, I just wanted to say one. We can come around. We can go around. We'll combine final thought and predictions. Yeah. Seal your predictions. You've already done your final thoughts. So don't talk too long, Josh. So my prediction is that Stan's going to get Nina out somehow in the next season. But I just did want to touch on the fact that the episode was called March 8th, 1983, which was Reagan's big evil empire speech. That was the reason that it was called that. I just wanted to know, you know, how you guys thought that sort of tied into the title, sort of tied into the episode, you know? It just reinforced... It, it kind of reinforced for me Elizabeth's beliefs, um, and it also reinforced like Philip's hesitancy. So it kind of brought everything yeah. back to where it was before, but with this bombshell of having at the same right. time that they're having this kind of issue of Paige yeah. no, exposing we've heard, them. We've heard evil come up explicitly this year, tied into the evil empire speech. Philip and Elizabeth are kind of evil people. And when she <laughs> says, Lois says, uh, she says that's what an evil person yeah, tells themselves exactly. just what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. One of the best lines mm-hmm. of the whole well, season. Well, that's the thing. Nobody nobody is black and white. Everyone lives in the gray. Um, my prediction, Pastor Tim is probably going to die before he can like tell the authorities or anybody. But Pastor Tim will probably tell somebody else. It's not a secret that's going to be easily contained, basically. Mm. It's going to start spreading past mm. this guy. Uh, let's see. General thoughts on the season. I enjoyed the season a lot. I thought it was the best season so far at moments. I think in the end it's pretty much par for the course with the show. I think the show has been pretty consistent seasons one through three. Uh, I would say next prediction, the episode I keep referencing, with it's going to win an Emmy. I know I said that on air once, but that's my that's my biggest prediction about this. I think it's going to at least be nominated and I think it will win. Uh, and lastly, I don't think Pastor Tim will die and also, Pastor Tim, Matt and I haven't checked the score yet of the Grizzlies-Blazers game. We're both recording <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but I'm guessing that the Blazers are actually going to win the longest prediction ever. That's what, uh, those are my predictions. So, prediction, because the music's on. <laughs> Pastor Tim is actually a spy. Um, Martha is fine and staying with the parents right now until they figure out what they're going to do. Stan is going to just be a complete screw-up and haphazardly <laughs> find that Elizabeth and Philip are spies. Uh, Henry's just going to disappear. That's all I got. So, oh, and my new list is Philip, Elizabeth, Nita, and then Agent Gad, who sex I think wise. is probably it. Yeah, sex wise, <laughs> because oh he's a Buddhist. God. He's got some tantric yes. going Agent on. Agent Gad is okay. like, right, where low, can we find him? <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the season finale of the Americans After Show. We really appreciate everything we've heard from you all this uh, year. Um, we look forward to seeing you hopefully next year if we're not off like being really famous and everything. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you so much, and we won't see you next Wednesday. We'll see you next year. Bye. Where can you Bye. Everybody? Uh, yeah, and thank you. <laughs> well, we don't have time for that. You thank you, Alice and Rose, Kelly O'Coin, for being on. Find us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.